You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikena Okeke of the Father's Church. Please join Pastor Ikena Okeke and be blessed. Praise the Lord. Okay, this evening we want to, you know, take a bit from what we began to look at on Sunday and um, just move forward. We're going to be touching different aspects of scripture. Okay, let, let me make this statement. On Sunday, we talked about Thanksgiving, giving God glory, acknowledging God and all of that. And this evening, I want us to know that what we began to look at on Sunday is actually an essential part of foundation of what it means to have faith in God. Praise the Lord. You see, Thanksgiving, acknowledging that God is a source of every good thing, of everything in the world, God runs his word. There is no co-creator. Praise the Lord. The Bible says without him was what? Nothing made that was made. God is the creator of all things. Whether they be matter, whether they be spiritual, whatever it is. God is the author and the maker of all of them. Now when you and I acknowledge God as the source and give him glory, we are actually operating in a dimension of faith, which we are going to begin to see this evening. Praise the Lord. It is actually faithlessness. It is actually sin. It is unbelief not to give God thanks. If you go to the book of Romans chapter 1, part of the things that the apostle Paul told us about the ungodly was that knowing God, they refused to acknowledge him as God. So when they look at the weather, they look at the earth, they look at everything that's why you hear them say Mother Earth and all kinds of things. There is no mother to the earth. It's creator that created the earth. They want to ascribe everything to something. Okay? Why? Because they must not mention God. Because the mention of God, that's why the Bible says, He that comes to God must believe that what? He is. These people don't want to acknowledge that God is. So they will ascribe everything to anything. That's why they told us that the world began with a big bang. Since then, nothing else has been made with a big bang. Praise the Lord. Nothing else has come from a big bang. There was a a big bang in Lebanon recently. We are waiting to see what skyscrapers will fall out of it, you know, and things like that. There is nothing like that. The world will refuse him. So when we begin to say or begin to understand that God is our source. So am I wise? God is the source. Am I intelligent? God is the source. Am I prosperous? God is the source. Am I rich? God is the source. Am I whatever it is that I have? God is the source. Now, when I begin to have that understanding, I'm actually operating in faith. Why? Because when I believe, which is true, that all I have is from God, then I must also follow up that belief that everything I need will also come from who? From God. From God. From God, if I believe that where I am, that he is the one who has brought me thus far, then of essence, I must believe that word, where I'm to get to, who will take me there? It is him. Our Lord Jesus teaching us, said to us, he says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. He says, without me, what? You can do nothing. Praise God. Such a foundational truth. Without him, we can accomplish nothing. Okay? Now, but the apostle Paul says to us again now, he says, I can do what? All things through Christ who strengthens me. 
if I believe this one, then I must also believe the other one. If without him I can do nothing, then within what I can do all things. So if I begin to appreciate him and appreciate that all I have done, I have done by him. Then I can have faith to go to him and say, Lord, I need to do this. Or this is said before me. This mountain is before me. Then I can say, you hear that the word, you have helped me. And then I'm confident that for the future word, you will also help me. Thanksgiving is a precursor to faith. That's what I'm trying to say. Thanksgiving is the foundation of faith. A man, a woman, a people who don't have a culture of thanksgiving cannot walk in faith. When you see somebody who is always appreciative of God, such a person will also be operating in a high level of expectancy because he's in touch with God. But when you see people who deny whatever God has done or what God is doing, it will be difficult for them to also have faith. You see, the same way praise is an expression of faith. You see, if I came to your house now and I began to hail you, ah, Uncle Lord, Baba Lord, that means it's saying something that I'm expecting that what you will perform. But if I came to your house and, or rather, if we met on the road, anytime we met on the road, I was laughing, I see you, and I put a frown on my face. What is that saying? Trouble has come. You will beg me for money. You will tell me one such story. But if it's somebody that you always have good experiences with, what do you find out coming from you? There is a hail that is coming out from your mouth. It's the same thing when we come to God. When we come to God praising him, we are demonstrating faith. We are saying, God, you always do what? Wonders. We are saying, God, your name is what? Wonderful. We are saying, God, this is a new day and your mercies are what? New every day. So when we rise in the morning and we praise God, we are declaring that it's in his character and in his nature to do wonderful things and that we are expectant. But when we keep our mouths from praise, we are saying God is indebted to me. He hasn't paid the last debt. Why should I praise him? Praise will never cease from your lips in the name of Jesus Christ. So we are learning this. And as we are learning it, we have to get a balance because we are saying everything is of God. Now the Bible says in Jeremiah 9, 23 to 24. Jeremiah 9, 23 to 24. 23 says, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. Let not the rich man glory in his riches. Let not the mighty man glory in his might. But notice that some translations will say brag or boast. All of them. But 24 says, but let him who glories, what? Glory in this, that he understands and knows me. So whereas we are not to boast in ourselves or anything that is of ourselves, we are enjoined to do what? To boast and brag about God. That is what we are talking about. When we think of the God that we serve and the one we have a relationship with, we cannot help but boast about him. So the psalmist says, I will make my boast, how? In the Lord. So there is a place for noise. There is a place for bragging. But it's the bragging in the word, name of the Lord. And it is that bragging that we're going to take and see how it works with faith. There's a scripture we've looked at several times. I think it must be one of the frequent passages I preach from. Second Kings chapter 4. Second Kings chapter 4 is the account of the widow. And, you know, the, and the prophet, 2 Kings 4, 1 to 7. I'll read it quickly, and then we'll go into details. The Bible says, A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elijah, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know 
that your servant feared the Lord, and the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. So Elisha said to her, What shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, Your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Then he said, Go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels. Do not gather just a few. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons, then pour it into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons, who brought the vessels to her, and she poured it out. Now it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said to her son, Bring me another vessel. And he said to her, There is not another vessel. So the oil ceased. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, Go sell the oil and pay your debt. You and your sons live on the rest. Praise the Lord. In this account, we've looked at it several times, and there are so many lessons the Holy Spirit keeps bringing out for us. Number one, in Psalm 68, verse 5, the Bible makes us understand that God is the father to who? The fatherless and what? The husband of the widows. He takes care of his own. Any situation you and I are in, the foundation we must have, just like we're saying, is that God is good to us. Praise the Lord. It's a very important place to be, that we are not left out of God's plan. But in this particular account, and for tonight, what the Lord said to me here to say to us, to share with myself and yourself, is this woman came to the prophet and said, your servant, my husband, is dead. The creditor is coming to take my two sons. Why? Because we have nothing what again to offer. So the only thing we are offering now is our lives. This situation, this picture this woman paints is what? Is a sorry situation. Is a situation of, in fact, with, with the last time we looked at it, I think we saw that she came with an, an accusation. This man has been disappointed by God. Not just that he has died, but he has left no estate, nothing for his people. And the next thing that is coming is that they're coming to take the sons. But we see here that when the prophet of God said, what do you have? She said nothing. As long as her answer, we don't know because the Bible is put as a story. We don't know how long she said nothing. But what I want to say to us here is that the Spirit of God said, unless there was something found in that house, no miracle would have taken place. Because God will never leave himself, what? Without a witness. Are you listening to me now? Are you watching me? It doesn't matter your situation. Whether it is health, whether it is financial, whatever it is. There is something you have. God does not leave anybody without anything. Without anything. No, there is such a person does not exist. The Bible says to us in Ephesians 4 verse 7. It says to each one of us was given what? Grace. Everyone, something, grace, according to the measure of Christ's gift. Each one, say, can you raise your hand where you are? Something was given to you. Something was given to you. It says to each, but to each one of us, grace was given. It wasn't given just to some and some were forsaken. No, to each one of us, grace has been given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Look at Romans 12, 3 as well. Romans 12, verse 3. Let's see also what it says. It says, For I say to you, through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly. Now, look at the last part. Let's read it together. As what God has dealt to each one, what? A measure of faith. What do you see there? Each one. Everybody, no matter how it may be that life has treated you, you are never left with this each one gift. 
Are you hearing me, somebody? You are never left with this each one gift. Everybody, everyone hearing. And it's based on this truth that the Bible can say to us what we have in 1 Thessalonians 5, 18. You can put it on the screen. It's based on this grounded truth that the Bible can say in everything, what? Give thanks for what? This is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. The Holy Spirit is saying you are never left without anything. You are never left with nothing. You are never left with nothing. You are never finished. I know many times people have said, Ewuchimo, I'm finished or whatever. You are never finished. There is something given to you. And that is why the Bible says, in every word, no matter the storyline, no matter the situation, no matter how long, we looked at the woman with issue of blood, 12 years, she had spent all her money, isn't it? She had gotten worse from when the sickness began. She had been forsaken by her husband, but do you know what? She could still hear. And faith does not come by your bank balance. Faith comes by what? Hearing. Because of her hearing, deliverance came. If she stayed where she stayed and refused to hear, deliverance will refuse to come. Sometimes what will bring the connection for deliverance is very basic. But God will never act on nothing. Why? He never leaves you with nothing. The woman said nothing. The prophet said no way. It was a stalemate. Maybe when we get to heaven, we'll get the details. We don't know how long she kept coming. I don't think this was a day transaction. She came again weeping. And the man said, what do you have in the house? The Spirit of God is saying me that there's something to be done, but we don't do something on nothing. Lawyers will say, we don't build a case on nothing. They'll say, what are your grounds? Everybody has grounds. Oh God, this, this, I've been serving, nothing has happened. There is something. And until you get to that thing and hold on to it. Let me show you an interesting scripture the Bible puts here. Romans 1.17. He didn't put it in that angle, but the Spirit of God quickened that word to me. It says, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from what? Faith to faith. He said to tell you that faith grows on faith. In us humans, you know, we mentioned human beings on Sunday. In us humans, you want to accumulate as much sympathy when you go to meet somebody for help as possible. You want to tell the story as terribly as possible so that the person can have sympathy. And isn't that, that's a human response. But when it comes to God, God, you see, God wants you to acknowledge him no matter the situation. God, because he knows who he is. For human beings, the more sorry your situation is, the more they may have sympathy on you. But the truth is that with God, the more faith you bring, the more faith you will experience. It says this is how it works. What? From faith, it says there, Amplified Christ, it says, For in the gospel, a righteousness which God ascribes is revealed. It says both springing from faith and leading to faith. Praise the Lord. I wish you could tell your neighbor, which faith are you standing on now? Don't just tell me stories. I don't have this. I don't have the COVID-19. 2020 has been this. This is the nine months. I've not done. Which faith are you bringing to God? Because as long as that woman kept saying nothing, the prophet kept saying no show. I don't know how long it lasted, but she must have gone home finally. And sat and said, okay, I see. Man of God, I see. I see a little jar of oil in my house. And then the man of God said, now you're talking. 
And it was based on that that they could go forward. Somebody, you have to bring something to God. There must be something thankworthy. Are you hearing me? There must be something what? Thankworthy. If you don't have something thankworthy, there is nothing that is going to happen. Why? Because you want to make God a liar. The Bible says, let God be true and what? Every man a liar. God is a dependable God. He's a dependable God. He said to me, he said, tell them, he says, this measure that we are talking about, this measure of faith that we looked at in Ephesians 4, 7 and Romans 12, 3. He says, what this measure is in its essential form will vary. It will vary. So for the woman we looked at, hers was what? Hearing. That's what she just had. She didn't have anything. For some other person, you may be lacking one area, but God has given you financial favor. For some other person, you may be lacking in every other area. But since they started talking about coronavirus, you have not even sneezed. Do you get what I'm saying? He has preserved you. You have been mixing and mingling, but he has preserved you in health. For somebody, there is something in your life that is saying to you that God is working there. And unless you beam your searchlight on that thing and begin to talk to God from that ground, you see, the children of Israel tried the natural response. God will do something, and then in one step, they say, you have not done anything. What have you done for us? And God will say, is it me you're talking to like that? I'm not Moses. So. Then Moses will beg you, have mercy. At the time, he said, Moses, tell them, as they've spoken in my hearing, what? So I will do. So I will do. But men who knew God, men who understood the workings of the Spirit, men like David, will come and say of a giant, he had never killed a giant. All the fight he fought, he strangled the animals. I mean, he had never used a sling to kill an animal. All of a sudden, you say you're going to bring down a giant. He didn't think what he was saying. But you see, he had talked about God in such a way that God was waiting to show up. How are you talking about your God? Is somebody getting what I'm saying? God is mighty. God is credit worthy. I've used the illustration here several times. Many of us have accounts with banks. Some of us have fixed deposits. Some of us have all kinds of time deposits. And you leave this money in the bank and you go home. And your MD stays at an interrogation and says they mistakenly put 500 million into someone's account. You have not removed the money. Those who know what I'm talking about will know. So you have confidence in this system. But this is a system run by men. Banks have failed over the years. But you put money and you go and sleep. Then I come to ask you, what credit have you put with God? Have you boasted about God to say, I know that this year 2020, even though we don't do this is my year, but I think it will be your year. Just to prove that God is for you and that if God be for you, it doesn't matter what is happening. It doesn't matter. This, yes, God is saying this is your best year ever because something is yet going to happen. Why? Because your faith is not in the wisdom of, it's not in the calculations. They, you know, banks, uh, organizations are closing, these ones are downsizing. It does not matter. The God you serve is the one who what, lifts up one and puts on the other. Do you know that once anything collapses, somebody is making profit from it? The woman said, okay, finally, I see a jar of oil. Then the man says, now we can talk. This is where the real thing is. Listen. The woman said, I have a jar of oil. I know what the man of God said we're going to do. He said, okay, now you have a jar of oil. We're going to do something. He said, you're going to go to your neighbors and borrow vessels. 
Borrow vessels. And what? Not a few. He said, when you finish borrowing these vessels, go home and lock the door. Now, let me tell you another thing the Lord said to me clearly. He said, tell them that the key or secret to their next level is not coming from the east or west. You see, many of us are waiting for something extraterrestrial to happen. He says the key to your next level is not coming from the east or west. He says, but from what is right there with you already. From what is right there. Oh, yes. You know, I say this, recently we had um, you know, a service of songs for somebody. And the Lord was ministering to me that somebody, somebody trusting God for a life partner, that would have been their place of encounter. Because you would come down, minister in song or minister in something. And then somebody who came for service of songs would say, who is that person? But you see, the human mind cannot think about that. You want to go to where something big, something glamorous is happening. But you see, God knows where you are. And God is the God that rewards obedience. He doesn't reward, you know, charlatans and, you know, all kinds of things. That is the human thinking. But just in the little, come and sweep the church. Come. Who was telling me the story? Okay, my, a friend of mine was telling me, how did you meet your wife? He said, we volunteered to do car wash somewhere in the U.S. And we happened to be in the same team. Car wash. So the lady probably came out without makeup. And the guy came out probably with his jeans and his yams, you know, with the hair showing. But that was where the thing hit. Are you getting what I'm saying? It says that thing you're looking for is not coming from east or west. It's here. Oh. <laughs> Hallelujah. It is very close to you. They said to the woman, bring the thing and lock the seal in, in this house. This house where the man lived, the prophet lived and died. The same house was the place of prosperity. I don't want to talk about those who are going for prophets and prophetic and all kinds of things. Keep wondering. The Bible says, in returning and rest shall you what? Be saved. But he said you will run. Keep running. Keep moving. 27 days off. Five hours off. Dangerous prayer. Some assaulting this. <laughs> Keep moving. One thing you will get is experience. When you have children, you tell them, my children, sit down, let me tell you. Hallelujah. <laughs> you will get experience. If you're open-hearted, you come back and tell us too. You will get experience. You will move. And you will move. Praise the Lord. So they said it's in this house. He, she came back, put everything in the house. You know what the Spirit of God said? This woman that had been known to be a chronic debtor, what was this she told her neighbors that she wanted to do with vessels? That's where the miracle is. She told her neighbors that God had blessed her and that she needed vessels to store her oil. What are you doing with empty vessels if not for storage? What it means was that the little she had, she magnified it. She went to neighbor A and said, neighbor A, please, do you have a big drum? I have oil that I need to store for some time. Neighbor A will bring and give to her. She went to Neighbor B, and Neighbor B will say, but they, I saw this neighbor give you drop. He said, I need more. It's not enough for the blessing. What did she have? She had a jar of oil. Somebody touch your mouth like this. Say, I will brag about the Lord. That was the only way they could have given her the vessels. She said that little oil I have, all of a sudden, from being nothing in her eyes, she started telling them, a tanker is coming. Are you getting what I'm saying? A, a tanker, a trailer is coming. A trailer load of oil is coming. I need, please, your vessels to be able to store what God is giving to me. 
Somebody needs to change their confession. Men may pity you, but men can lift you. The language of speaking will get pity for you. But if you want lifting, speak the language of heaven. Boast in the Lord. Your healing, boast in what you have. Your provision, boast in what you have. You know, I don't know if this connects. But I remember, just as I was waiting to come in, I remember as a young man, very young man, there was this family I used to go to their house. They had one Volkswagen Combi bus. How many of us remember Combi bus? Volkswagen Combi bus and one 504 Peugeot. But their house was always neat. And, you know, it wasn't so richly furnished. You know, they had furniture. The settees in the house had wooden chair. You know, if you really had money, it would be all street covered and all of them. I don't know whether it was style or something, but there was just some neatness. But you could see they were happy with it. Now, the people are very big. They are now ex-governors now. Do you understand what I'm saying? You see, what I'm trying to say is this. What you have, don't belittle it. Don't look down on it. Don't look down on it. Single sister, don't look down on what you are as a single sister. You see, some of us, there is no life again until the next happens. But do you know that you can wake up in the morning as a single sister? Look in that mirror. You know, like my sister-in-law would say, he said, God has made a beautiful... How, how does you say it again? He said, God has made a beautiful woman here. Do you understand what I'm saying? You know, or my younger sister would say, to her, she's, do you know my younger sister? She's the most beautiful woman in the whole earth. He said, when God finished making her, that all the other people remaining, they used Jarrah to make them. Do you understand what I'm saying? You see, you, you, you can find fulfillment. And when you say that, do you know what you're doing? You're telling God that he knows what he's doing. You're telling God that you're content. That you're contented with what he has done. You don't have a job. What is it you have? What is it you have? Maybe for a season you're doing some labor beneath your level of uh, uh, qualification. You know, glorify the Lord in it. The angels of heaven will be saying, look at that man. That shoe is too small for him. Let's enlarge his coast. But if every day you wake up is lament. Like the children of Israel. What is this? This manner, manner, this manner. But you see, what we're learning is so key. Let me help you because the Holy Spirit always helps us with Adam and Eve. What was the temptation that Satan tempted Adam and Eve with? He said, the day you eat of this thing, you will what? Be like, in whose image were they made? From the very beginning, they were like God. But all of a sudden, they ceased to appreciate their God-likeness. And they fell stupidly in the same area. The Spirit of God said, the shortest cut to lose what you have is to cease appreciating it. The shortest cut, or the shortest route, sorry, the shortest route to lose what you already have is to begin to to cease to appreciate it, to cease to nurture it, to cease to celebrate it, to cease to protect it. And in the case of this woman, she ceased counting it. You know we are human beings, and God will help us, praise the Lord. When I say we are human beings, just in your mind say, but I'm supposed to be a spiritual being. That will help us. You know, someone put a joke and said that when the wife says, my wife is not like, when the wife says, I have nothing to wear to this occasion, it means that out of the 200 clothes in the closet, that I don't have the one that I want to wear for this particular occasion. I don't want to wear red because Sister Jane will wear red. I don't want to wear blue because some. So it's not that she doesn't have. But that she wants a new one. So all of a sudden, everyone she has is what? Non-existent. That is the way our mind functions. Whenever we want something new from God, 
The devil will make us argue from this position. I don't have anything existing. And when we bring that argument, we feel good. Oh Lord, look at me. I'm dying here. I don't have anybody. Meanwhile, your mother just dropped the phone. Some people don't know their mother. Your mother just called you. Finished talking. I don't have anybody. I'm just here in this Abuja. Nothing is happening. And your cousins just came and left. Some people don't know where they come from. Do you understand? I don't have this. I don't have that. And then you say such thing. Heaven, the angels look at you and say, let's help him to, to be appreciative. So they'll bring small wahala for you. When the trouble comes and then they solve that problem, you begin to sing hallelujah. Meanwhile, you have not made progress from where you were before. It's just that you have gotten sense. May the Lord not deal with us like he dealt with Nebuchadnezzar. You know, God didn't bless Nebuchadnezzar more. He just demoted him little. <laughs> it's, not, it's supposed to be from believers. They, don't, they shouldn't take believers through that process. Nebuchadnezzar, God had already blessed him beyond measure. But for him to have more sense, they just demoted him because he couldn't hear. Daniel told him, this is what you're to do. He couldn't hear. He was still walking about and said, this beautiful Babylon, that I, Nebuchadnezzar. They say, I, let's see who I is. So they took him. I don't know the processes he went, but finally, I think he must have been like uh, an eagle or something. They said his claws were like, I don't know where the final place they took him from. When he came back, he called everybody. He said, now I know <laughs> there is what? God in heaven. You and I shouldn't wait for that. Many believers are thanksgiving is they take you to true trouble and then they bring you back and you start thanking God. But if you're wise, every day, every moment, every second, you'll be giving thanks. So when they look at you, there's no way to take you back to it. It will only be what? Forward ever. Let's rise on our feet. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. I want you to become wise. I want you to become wise. I want you to take that jar of oil. Whatever it is, whatever it is, I want you to take it and ask the Lord, give me wisdom. Because today God is going to give you wisdom. For that woman, he said, go and borrow vessels. For somebody, you need to call some people. We know somebody that if you bless this person, the person will not tell all the other parties around. Because this person feels that if I tell you that Momichi gave me 50,000, the one you were planning to give me, you won't give me again. You say, I'm already blessed. Isn't that what, you know? But forgetting that human beings and God works in mysterious ways. When human beings find out that Mommy Chi gave you 50,000, they say, ah, this Mommy Chi gave you 50,000. Please take my own 50. Do you understand? But these people don't see it this way. They, feel, they want to hide what God has done. But today, I want you to take your jar of oil. If you need to call some of your friends and tell them, how are you doing even under this COVID-19? They say life has been bad. You say, well, I pray that the goodness of God will come. As for me and my house, God has been merciful. I've not gone to the hospital. I've not taken, uh, uh, what is it, chloroquine. I've not gone this way or that way. God has been faithful. And this same God will be faithful. You're just calling people. You're just encouraging them. You say, I've known the Father's care. He's been good to me. As a sister, you're telling people, I know how it is in this season. I know you may have been lonely, but I just want to encourage you and to find the communion of the Holy Spirit. That the Spirit of God will be with you, to guide you. You call another person, he says it's business. He says it's time to, I may not have done much business, but I've been re-strategizing. God is giving me ideas. Ideas 
suggest that I'm going to push through in the next season. God has helped me. For somebody you say, you know, I needed some help, some rest for my health. And this season, oh Lord, I've just been refired and recharged. Something beautiful. Testimony, testimony, testimony. Testimony of his faithfulness. Testimony of his goodness. Acknowledging every good thing that is ours in Christ Jesus. Then our faith becomes effective. I need you to open up your mouth and say to the Lord, I thank you. Somebody, maybe it's a health situation. But I want you to begin to thank God for the life, the health that is in that situation. Don't focus on the symptom in that situation. Focus on the health. Focus on the progress. Focus on the faithfulness of God. Somebody needs to say from his or her heart, had it not been for the Lord who was on my side, had it not been Jehovah, and somebody needs to critically look at his life, look at the situation, and say to himself, God has been good. God has been good. Celebrate what you have. Appreciate God for what you have. Thank the Lord for what you have. He's a good, good father. He's a good, good father. He's looking to hear. He's looking to connect. He needs to make a connection. Lord, I come, Lord. I thank you. Somebody is married and all you have about your spouse is complaints. You will lose that spouse if you are not careful. But if you celebrate the faithfulness of God and the beautiful things and the praiseworthy things in that spouse, you will begin to see that God will add more, will increase. You will see that all of a sudden the oil will begin to flow. My husband is stupid. No, my husband has changed. But I know that he's a, a, a man of a good heart. I know that if my husband, can, can, can somebody, can I say this to a woman? Can you tell your husband, I know that if you were a billionaire, you will spoil me. Do you know what that will do to a man? Do you know what that will do to a man? I know that if you had a better job, you will help me. I know that if you were younger, you would do this. I know, I mean, celebrate what you have. Because that man, you went to the altar with him. And you were smiling from ear to ear. The same thing with that woman. That woman is just wahala now, Nabi. But remember, you said to her, I cannot live without you. I don't want to live if living is without you, Abi. But now you're with her and you want to die. You want, no, you will not die. <laughs> Hallelujah. I need you to look at that woman and just celebrate the goodness of God. What about your children? What about your family? You're saying this family, they trouble me. Try those who don't have family. They will look for trouble from any type of family. Or oh, in this workplace, this my job is troublesome. I say acknowledge every good thing. Every good thing. I'm not saying that you should not have faith for more. I'm saying there is a ground that you need to stand on. And that ground is the ground of the goodness of God today. Leave what he's going to do. The goodness of God in my life today. The goodness I see. They said to the woman, what is there already? She said nothing. He said, then there is nothing. If God hasn't started, then God will never start. But God has started something already. And with my eyes of faith, I said, with eyes of gratitude, I said, and I said, thank you. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus. I want us to um, open the scripture, Mark 4, 31. Or Matthew 17, 20. Any of them? Mark 4, 31 or Matthew 17, 20. Okay. Give us 30 so we get a background. Kingdom of heaven. To what shall I liken the kingdom of God? Or with what parable shall we picture it? 31 says, it is like a mustard seed. 
which when it is sown on the ground, is smaller than all the seeds on the earth. 32. But when it is sown, what does it do? It grows up and becomes greater than all herbs and shoots out large branches so that the birds of the air may nest on thy shade. You're going to pray. And as you're praying, I trust that the Holy Ghost will help you. You're going to pray, Lord, you said to each one has been given a measure of faith. Until that measure you have is sown, it will not grow. Let's look at Matthew 17, 20. The Amplified now. And we'll see something that happens there. Matthew 17, 20, Amplified. Okay. It says, he answered, because of your little faith, your lack of trust and confidence in the power of God. For I assure you, I most solemnly say to you, if you have living, where I'm going to, where I'm going to is, if you have faith, but look at what is in bracket. What's in bracket there? Living. It means active. What you're acknowledging. It means what you're acknowledging. If you have living faith. God sent me to tell you, you have something. But tonight, I want you to get it living. You will thank God for it. You will bless God for it. You will bring it up. How many of us, okay, women may know this better, but I think men, we did also. Sometimes you buy a pair of shoes. Eh? When you get home, where do you keep it? On the floor? No, on the bed. You keep it on the bed. You're looking at it. You're looking at it. You turn this way, you're looking at it. Why? What are you doing? You're appreciating it. Do you understand? You're appreciating it. What I want us to do tonight is the goodness of God. That little job, oil, take it up again. You may have called it manna. What is this? But tonight, when you go, take it up and keep it. And say, it is me that God blessed with this. I'm the one that has this husband. I'm the one that has this favor. I'm the one that God blessed with this. These are my brothers and my sisters. And appreciate what God has done. And as you do that, that faith that is alive will begin to move mountains for you. I want you to pray, Lord, I need wisdom. I need direction. I need revelation. There are contacts that you have. There are things that you have. Tonight, Lord, I celebrate your faithfulness. And I say, because you live, because you are God, because you do all wonders, because the path of the just is as the shining light from glory to glory. Lord, I'm thanking you because I know you're going to top it up. You're going to add more. You're going to do more. I'm appreciating you. I thank you for this measure of faith. And Lord, I know that as your word has said, it will be from faith to faith. I'm no longer lamenting. I'm expectant. That is what we're saying. Lord, I'm expectant that you'll bless this lady. You'll bless this child. You'll bless this family. You'll bless these hands. You'll bless this business. You'll bless this church. You'll bless this nation. Lord, I'm thanking you. You are faithful, Father. You are good, good God. You will bless this union. Yes, no more tears. If there should be, it will be tears of joy. Because God is judge faithful. In my life, in your life, in our lives. Let this mustard seed fade. Let it be shown. Let it be activated. That mighty things, wonderful things, glorious things may begin to show forth. In the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you. Let's give him praise. Let's give him praise. Let's give him praise. Let's give him praise. 
done so much for me. He's done so much for me. September, October, November, December, B. If we are going to count it, he's going to do so much more. But for what he has done already, we're saying what? That's the God I'm trusting. The God that has done so much already. He has not forsaken me. a message by Pastor Ikenao Keke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Banex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone, 09-290-9000 or 703 You can find us online at www.thefatherschurchonline.org. God bless you.